the Top 250 Podcast. I'm Sam Kane, and today's movie is The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, starring Brad Dorif. My guest today is Nick Watson. Say, what's up, Nick? Hello, everyone. Uh, it's, uh, it's nice to uh, hear that uh, Brad Dorif <clears throat> got the lead in uh, The Two Towers. Um, you know, definitely the most recognizable star in in this film oh, would you agree without a doubt he uh steals the movie so so good so i remember uh when we did fellowship you said you saw this one in theaters yes this was the first one of the trilogy that i saw in theaters and uh that was i think that was a pretty big deal because it was a pg-13 movie and i was only 12 oh man that's there was some uh, risque stuff for PG-13. We got a couple of beheadings. Uh, we have some guts being ripped out, I believe. I I remember, though, being scared about the, uh, the dead spirits in the swamp. <laughs> yeah, so that is actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I was not expecting there to be ghost ghouls like that showing up in the movie. Uh, you clearly see... Peter Jackson's horror influence in uh, that scene alone. Yeah, that um, that was actually the scene also where um, Frodo figures out who Gollum is and that he's actually Smeagol. That's right. Yeah. And so, what do you think of the the effects of Gollum? You think they still hold up to this day? Yeah, I think they're pretty good. I mean. I think I, I touched on this in the fellowship, but it's uh, it's hard to say because Gollum isn't a real creature, so the effects look pretty pretty good. I mean, we don't necessarily know what uh, his like his skin texture should have been, uh, but I, I think it's pretty good. Um, I think they even made made him look better in Return of the King, if I remember. Although no, although they. I don't know whether they shot them all at the same time. I don't know whether the effects were all done at the same time, so maybe it was the same. I'm just remembering it like that because I liked Return of the King more. <laughs> yeah, I I thought it held up. The effects held up pretty well for 2002. Uh, there were some points where I thought it was uh, a little choppy, but given the technology at the time, it was either that or have a real person playing him. I mean, Andy Serkis did portray him, but... Well, I mean, it would have looked just stupid if they had an actual <laughs> human playing Smeagol. Right. Uh, it, yeah, just, it wouldn't have worked. I got a lot of Omri Bernstein vibes when uh, watching Gollum. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you remember he, he did, uh, I think it was our senior show, he, he, did, uh, he did that impression. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how I knew that scene from that. <laughs> Omri, obviously, a friend of the podcast, he just did Schindler's List. So, we have three main storylines going on in this one. Obviously, Frodo, Sam, and Gollum. And their journey to Modar. And we have Mordor. Mordor. <laughs> journey to Mordor. 
And we have Aragon and friends in Rohan. And then we have Merry and Pippin hanging out with Groot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they and they join up with Aragorn toward the end. I mean, actually, I, I would be interested to know if you actually put all of their scenes together, Merry and Pippin, how many minutes of the film actually has them in their own storyline. Because it feels like it spans the entire movie. You know, as we know, the ends take a long time to do anything, as they say. What is it? Anything worth saying is worth taking a long time to say. Something like that. But, yeah, I think they're probably only in 10 minutes or 15 minutes of the whole movie. Yeah, that's very true. I was... uh, Up until the end, and then they have that wonderful scene with the sacking of Isengard. Yeah, that was that was nice with the, the water going on to them. I was thinking what that... So, like, a TV show has an A story, a B story, sometimes a C story. Mm-hmm. So, for this movie, I think I might say uh, the whole uh, Rohan battle. Uh, everything going on in Rohan would probably be my pick for the A story, in my opinion. And then the B story would be Frodo, and then the C would be Pippin and Merry. Uh, I mean, like, Frodo and Sam, to some extent, is the main point. As you'll recall from when we did the Return of the King podcast, there's a a whole scene in which Aragorn talks about how, or he doesn't really talk about, but his whole thing is that they're doing this just to give Frodo and Sam a chance. Did I do do the chronology right there? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because Return of the King's the first one that we did. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, wh- while there's certainly the majority of the action occurs in Rohan, um, I think Frodo and Sam probably have to be the, the A plot by definition. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, the the sort of the epic scale of the movie is witnessed in Rohan, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense, because everything really is riding on uh, Frodo and Sam at the end of the day. Right, and and they make a lot of progress in, in this one, actually. They, you know, they get through the marshes, and then they... Actually, I don't even remember where they were after that. They're just kind of chilling out, and then we have our our wonderful other meme-worthy scene about potatoes. Yeah, so... Potatoes, precious. Potatoes, yes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. One thing I noticed, did... Is it just me, or did Sean Astin, like, gain 20 or 40 pounds between this movie? (laughs) He looked a little... Yeah, like, he looked a little heavier, and I was wondering, is that why Gollum calls him fat? <laughs> I mean, I I kind of always assumed that Gollum was just calling him fat because he is fatter than Frodo. <laughs> and so there's the fat hobbit and the not fat hobbit. <laughs> but, I mean, I, you know, it's not like they're getting a lot of nourishment out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, probably a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they asked him to gain a little bit of weight just so Smeagol could call him Fat Hobbit. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure the script was already written, and Sean Astin was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll eat a few extra cheeseburgers, no problem." Yeah, go to a little uh, Rudy Tuesdays. Eh. Oh my god, that's a winner. That that's not getting edited out. I'm, I'm impressed you thought of that right on the spot, though. I will give you that. But, uh, but yeah, God. the so yeah, I mean Frodo and Sam. Let's see. So their their journey then after after uh, Sam gives Gollum a culinary lesson, and they see all the um, the elephants and um, other all those other men going by, um, and we'll see where they end up in the trilogy which we've already done damn it all right <laughs> yeah it's really hard doing this backwards we're recording this out of order now do you think this is the lowest rated movie in the series due to legolas shield boarding down the stairs during the battle of the hornberg is that a uh, is that a popular theory online? No, I, I just thought that was I, a little crazy. I thought it was kind of cool. You know, I think I think the whole Legolas Gimli friendly rivalry is is kind of a fun addition to the movie, where they're comparing kill counts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the best one was in Return of the King. As for why this is the lowest rated, it is kind of hard to say. I mean, okay, so Return of the King is just the best. There's really, so that's the best. So it's really more a question of why is this not liked as much as The Fellowship? Hmm. And the only thing I can come up with is that this has potentially less of the story arc that everybody loves. I mean, it's still very rich in details, but it's missing a lot of the... I mean, for one thing, just the fellowship being all together, you get all those actors in the same place. There's a lot of interactions there. I mean, the minds of Moria are awesome. You also get to see extended scenes with a number of characters interacting who basically never interact again in the fellowship. Sean Bean can't, you know, can't discount him. Right. Uh, but yeah, you know, Galadriel, Elrond. I mean, they're in the other movies as well. They're in the Two Towers as well, but not to the extent that they are in the Fellowship. And like I said, that's really all we're comparing. <laughs> yeah, this was supposed to be only two movies when they were first developing the idea of making this into films. And... They realized they had to do three, so they had to change a lot with what happened in the book. Well, to be fair, I think Peter Jackson was probably thrilled that he got to make three movies. Uh, I think, from what I understand, two was his negotiating point, where he was like, nobody's going to go for three movies, so let's just ask for two because we can't do it in one. From what I understand, he shopped it around at a lot of studios, and almost everyone said, can you do it in one? And he just said no. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally New Line was like, actually have three. And so I think he was actually pretty happy with that. I mean, The Two Towers, the book, has a lot of material that ended up in Return of the King, the movie. A lot more on the Frodo-Sam storyline than on the 
Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, Gandalf storyline, but yeah, there's there's differences in the book and the movie. Is there any that stand out to you? Oh boy, it was a long time ago. I actually don't remember the differences between the book and the movie, other than just sort of the narrative pacing. There must have been quite a bit more in Rohan that I'm not remembering in the books. Because Frodo and Sam make it pretty far in the two towers, but I think the pacing in Rohan is about the same. Frodo and Sam make it all the way through Shelob's lair in, I think, in Two Towers, the book. And it actually, the Two Towers ends on quite the cliffhanger. Two, two Towers, the book, ends on quite the cliffhanger for Frodo and Sam, which uh, ultimately ends up just being a, a random cutscene in the, in the middle of Return of the King. But Interesting. It's in the extended edition. No, no, oh, sorry, by cut scene, I meant just uh, that, like, the scene just ends on that cliffhanger, and they go visit Gondor, and then they come back later. And so they didn't get cut, but the end of the two towers of the book was, like, a massive cliffhanger for Frodo and Sam, which you don't you don't get in uh, Two Towers, the movie. If I recall, Two Towers, the movie ends with Frodo and Sam, where you see Gollum just kind of scheming off by himself. And I think he makes a reference to, quote, her. <laughs> yep. He sure does. Referring to Shelob. Um, but, yeah, that was, uh, so that was the cliffhanger that they used in the Two Towers, but it was uh, a much better one in Return of the King. Or, sorry, Two Towers, the, uh, the book. Yeah, I read that there's one scene which was so different from the book that Peter Jackson was almost winking to the audience by having yeah. Frodo. Which scene? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to know. <laughs> but it, it, it's the scene where Frodo says, by all rights, we shouldn't even be here, but we are. Oh. <laughs> so it's kind of like a nod saying, like, oh, this doesn't happen in the book. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, there was a uh, the pretty cool. I, I like the scene in Frodo and Sam's storyline where they get to the Black Gate. There, Frodo is like about to just <laughs> mad dash straight into it before he's stopped by Gollum. There's a cut scene that was in the extended edition for this where he like makes him tries to make a mad dash and Gollum tries to hold him back, but then he ends up falling down like the hill that they're on and skidding to the bottom. And Sam runs after him, and uh, one of the soldiers kind of notices and walks over and they uh, Sam uses his elven special elven cloak that they got when they were in Rivendell, or maybe it was Lothlorien. I don't remember where they got those to cover themselves. And the elven cloak has very special concealing properties. So they show a shot of the soldier and next to them, and it, they just look like a rock. 
and I think they actually had some effects which were pretty cool because they actually really do look like a rock and then they had a quick little transition to when he throws off the cloak from looking like an actual rock too that that was in the version I watched I watched the theatrical version was it I thought that was in oh hmm, I thought that was an extended one there's definitely some scene that was cut from that I'm glad you brought that scene up though I really did like that so apparently I forgot what it is, but there was the extended edition has a longer version of that scene. Oh, okay. Apparently they had the main bit in the theatrical cut. So should we venture over to Rohan, which was the sort of where all the most action was happening? Yeah, there's a ton going on there. Aragon falling in love with Miranda Otto. <laughs> kind of the other way around, more so, even though they only knew each other for like 24 hours. Yeah, it's more Eowyn, you know, get, get a classic love triangle here, but Eowyn falls in love with Aragorn, but Aragorn is deeply in love with Arwen. Who has a very short scene in the movie, as well as Kate Blanchett. She yeah. only has one scene. I'm assuming there's more of them in the extended edition. Probably. That does seem like the kind of thing that would get cut just because it doesn't contribute. Yeah, they're not in the places where the three main storylines are taking place. Uh, So Gandalf resurrecting or not dying? Some of these... I don't know the the mythology behind all this. Yeah, if I remember this, it was something about the fact that because like the the wizard there are very few wizards uh in middle earth and they all belong to some ancient order and they're they have different like tiers or something so saruman like when you start off in the fellowship you have saruman the white you have Grandal, gandalf the gray there are other wizards i believe radagast the brown makes an appearance in the hobbit films um but i think the idea is that they're sort of supposed to have ahead of the order, which is the white wizard. So in the fellowship, that's Saruman, but then he goes all evil and starts hanging out and doing Sauron's bidding. And so I think the idea is that when Gandalf falls while fighting the Balrog, that he is essentially resurrected by whatever sort of ancient magic he they all wield which is basically saying we need a head of the order because it's clearly not Saruman anymore. So he's resurrected as Gandalf the White uh, in the Two Towers. It, I, I vaguely, it's something something like that. But he's basically brought back by magic itself or something like that. I love yeah. how he brought his staff in and how he was winking to... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you'd not deprive an old man of his walking stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. What? And then, yeah, and then they spared Wormtongue. I'm sure you were very happy. <laughs> yeah, more Brad. <laughs> I think this is the movie where Aragorn really takes takes a lead. I mean, he was obviously a main character in Fellowship, but The Two Towers is where he sort of becomes clearly the second most important character in the entire trilogy. Yeah, this kind of felt like his movie where the first one felt like it was Elijah Woods. 
Yeah, I mean, he sets up Return of the King and where it is sort of established that he is the king that will return. Uh, it may have been touched on in Fellowship. I don't remember. All the movies blur together for me into one long movie. So Andy Serkis did a, did a spectacular job. That's true. He did a really good job. In fact, he, he's been pushing, I think, I don't, with, I guess, no success for an Academy Award for these types of roles, like best actor in a movement capture suit. <laughs> yeah, it's more common these days. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like everything. Every Marvel movie probably has half the cast doing that. Right. <laughs> it's difficult work. Man. Plus the, the voice. I mean, my precious. What I can't a, do it. What but... a unique voice. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and he yeah, and he actually played. He he does have a live action appearance in in the Return of the King when he uh, was in that opening scene. So he does actually show up on screen, which is nice. And he was great in Return of the King too. We even yeah. get a Wilhelm scream. You probably didn't notice it when you were twelve and saw it in theaters. You I certainly didn't. Probably weren't. I definitely wasn't aware of the Wilhelm scream. What was it like the first, like one of the first guys who like falls off the ramparts? Yeah, pretty much. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole Battle of Helm's Deep was pretty epic. I mean, especially you see the just m like miles of Urukai orcs marching in. And then, you know, they get a last uh, reinforcement from the elves. I don't know, that whole setup was pretty epic. It must have been a lot of fun to film that too. Was that would have been quite the scale yeah it, i mean if it was cgi it looked really good i don't think it was though I, I think they i think um a lot of like the back ranks were cgi i think they had quite a few real people playing the orcs up front and then they kind of filled in the back with cgi um, where you wouldn't have a lot of the detail anyway right yeah. but that would only be for the shots where you could see it anyway and there weren't that many it was only mostly the opening of the battle where you can see it and then it's a lot of closer up stuff but actually now, now that we're on to this battle there is one thing about this movie that really annoyed me which is that legolas and the elves like all these like are supposed to be excellent archers yet they can't shoot this one guy who's running at the at the wall like they shoot him like six times and he doesn't die like Legolas, you should be able to put one through his eye, like, from twice as far away with your eyes closed. I mean, it was ridiculous. It, that kind of bugged me that their whole, uh, and the, the whole, like, oh, what if we just put a bomb down here was very Death Starry. <laughs> yeah, think, that's right. Through the sewer that, system. Been like, hey, I know it's our sewage, but, like, you know, maybe we should stop it up before this battle and everyone just maybe, like, don't poop for 24 hours like it's fine <laughs> <laughs> they did a nice job of showing just the individual action like sometimes when you have so much going on in one scene you it just constantly is cut 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 and it's like what was what happening right now i can't even can't even tell is it was from a close-up to mm -hmm. uh just an extreme wide shot to like another close-up but you can really see everything that's going on. I, I love the the way they um, use the camera, and I loved when um, they were on that bridge, and uh, Aragon and Gimli 
ambush them from around the corner there. Oh, well, what, what Gimli says, toss me. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and then he says, not a word to the elf. Because, <laughs> you know, if you remember from the Fellowship, he gets very offended when they're in Moria, and he goes, nobody tosses a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, Gimli is great in this movie. Um, seeing him run with uh, Legolas and Aragon. Uh, it... <laughs> we dwarves are not built for distances. Very natural sprinters we are. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but uh, another thing, obviously, we, we talked about this in the other movies, is the location. Absolutely beautiful. New Zealand. Uh, you know, now I want to go to New Zealand in this next decade. It'd probably be pretty tough to visit some of those places, though, because I did hear they had to use helicopters to get to some spots. But mm. I'm I'm sure they do like tours, going through uh, all the filming locations. I'm sure it's a big money yeah. maker. I wonder how much it costs. I mean, yeah, let's say you got like eight people in a helicopter. I wonder how much of that would they run for that to like go up to some of those scenes. That were like, are we talking like five hundred bucks? Are we talking like five thousand bucks? Are we talking like $20,000. I don't know how much renting a helicopter is if you split it with a bunch of people for like an hour. Yeah, 5000 sounds like the ballpark. But... Yeah. All right. So the the, um, the that sort of conclusion to Battle of the Hornburg, where the Gandalf returns with the Rohirrim, was on the, on the morning of the fifth day, look to the east, something like that, or first light. And they all charged. That was also, those effects were also probably pretty good because that would have been a fair amount of CGI, I think. Uh, I mean, maybe not. I suppose, like, it's certainly possible, I guess, that they just got, like, 500 riders and maybe that would be insane. No, they couldn't have done that. That would be too crazy. No. <laughs> that seems like a lot. Especially because so many people would have got, just gotten injured just sort of incidentally. <laughs> With that many horses running around, they ride out and meet them. Theoden, and Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli get a little pincer action. Yeah, that was great. And then the sacking of Isengard at the end. That also did that. Co- I don't remember. Did that coincide? Were they were they alternating shots of that at that point? I think they were. The the two victories. Actually, was that Pippin who had that idea to get Treebeard to go turn around and see the destroyed forest? think it was because usually pippin is sort of the dumb one <laughs> isn't that why Treebeard spared them well yeah i mean Treebeard they spared them because they decided that they were not orcs <laughs> uh, yeah. i think it was pippin and then that that was a, a nice thing they're riding on Treebeard's head and just throwing rocks at orcs <laughs> but i i thought that scene in general was sort of well done and also just I thought very just visually pleasing I always have enjoyed going to the beach and watching the tide come in and taking out sand castles and that scene like just reminded me of that it's like all the water rushing in destroying everything in its path the effects were definitely top notch in that one yeah and that was one of the two towers going that was the end of that one one of them or thank that's, that's Saruman's tower yeah, Christopher Lee. R.I.P. So 
Mad TV actually did a spoof of this. But instead of the two towers, it was called Lord of the Rings, the two Tatas. I, I don't even know what a Tata is. <laughs> is that like some slang, older slang? I, I guess, yeah. It definitely yeah. sounds like it could be slang for some body part or something, but... Uh, it, it was... Uh, in the skit, it was produced by BET Films. And it starred Lil' Kim and Sisko as uh, Frodo and Sam. But I, I won't spoil the rest. I know everyone will go on YouTube immediately and want to watch it. Yeah, maybe you should include a link in the description. <laughs> it was... A good entry, and this is our last Lord of the Rings episode because the Hobbit trilogy did not make the top 250. And rightfully so. I will be skipping those. Maybe I'll watch it someday. But not anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, they're worth, worth watching once but only once. Maybe with a drink or two or three. <laughs> yeah, you can you can drink every time there's a scene that they should have cut. <laughs> and then uh, I'll call the ambulance for you. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Thank you for listening.